Sony's sad excuse for a plot. Crackle, owned by Sony. WeChat, hugely popular in China, where this movie is aiming to make a killing. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Dropbox all make appearances, with Dropbox in particular representing a kind of heaven that some of the emojis are trying to reach. And there are two whole sequences that add nothing whatsoever to the story, but suggest that King and Ubisoft, the makers of the apps Candy Crush and Just Dance respectively, paid handsomely for their inclusion in the film. But about that story. The emojis all live in Textopolis, located within a brandless smartphone owned by a high school freshman named Alex. In Textopolis, everyone has one function and one function only. The smiles smile, the crying faces cry, the Christmas trees stand still and look Christmassy, the princesses talk about being pretty, and the sushi just sits around getting warm, I guess, as does the eggplant, in case you were curious. Each day, the emoji report to work and wait in their designated box on a big grid to be tapped by Alex for his communication needs, and they love it. They are part of what the movie unironically declares is the most important invention in the history of communication. A brief scene in which a high school teacher is lecturing on hieroglyphics seems to contradict this, but who's counting? But one emoji in particular is having a tough time with being confined to both a literal and a figurative box. Jean, voiced by T.J. Miller, a meh emoji and the son of Mel and Mary meh. Gene can't just stick to one expression. He wants to smile and frown and sometimes have hard eyes. He wants to express himself. But he's so worried he'll mess up on that first day at work, he freaks out when Alex selects him and ends up appearing as a weird, distorted face. Aha! He's been found as a malfunction, and the emoji head honcho Smiler, played by Maya Rudolph, who runs things because she was the very first emoji, starts the proceedings to delete Jean entirely, with a massive sinister grin pasted across her face the whole time. That's Smiler up there in the ill-conceived emojis tale ad, by the way. The metaphor does not work. Trying to figure out what to do, Jean teams up with High Five, played by James Corden, who has recently been downgraded from the VIP favorite section of Alex's keyboard and is pretty sore about it. High Five is certain there's a way to save Gene and maybe sneakily upgrade his own status in the phone's universe. They must find a mysterious hacker they call Jailbreak, played by Anna Ferris. But that requires leaving Textopolis and venturing out into the wide world of apps on Alex's phone, and it's dangerous out there. The visualization of Alex's phone world is the film's high point, by a long shot. If you were expecting its high point to be Sir Patrick Stewart as Pooh, you will be disappointed. He has maybe six lines in the whole movie, all quips. It vaguely recalls the parts of Inside Out in which the emotions and Big Bong are traversing Riley's subconscious mind, a landscape filled with set pieces that have to be visually interesting because there's nothing concrete to draw on. But Inside Out knew that the purpose of set pieces is to advance the plot. In the Emoji movie, the purpose of set pieces is to have a place to make use of app developers' partnership money. And it shows in the shoddy storytelling. If you cropped out those set piece scenes, you'd have pretty much the same film. And they're not even funny. 
Two big scenes into Jean, Jailbreak, and High Five's journey, a little girl sitting behind me said, Mommy, I want to go home now. The Emoji Movie's director and co-writer Tony Leondis seems to admire Pixar's films greatly. In addition to the inside-out resonances, he said in interviews that he took inspiration from Toy Story. That's really what I was thinking. What is the new toy out there that hasn't been explored, he told Screen Rant. And I looked down on my phone and someone had sent me an emoji, and I was like, emojis are the new toys. They are the toys of the 21st century. Eh, slow down there, Tony. What made Toy Story, which has plenty of product placement of its own, so wonderful was that it was, in essence, a story about the toy's owners, which includes both the films Andy and us out in the audience. It was about growing older and finding your way, and about imagination.